on Rock 106.9, online for EWRQK.com. Missed anything from yesterday, you can podcast it right there, just as Mallory did, who works, she works in the funeral home business. We were talking about um, that story out of Hickory, North Carolina, where those people had repossessed the headstone marker of like a five-year-old child that had died. And she like wrote in to me yesterday. She's like, look, I'm podcasting the show a little late in the day. She's like, you're absolutely right. She's like, we have to charge for that stuff. Otherwise, I wouldn't have a career. She's like, I, I have student loans. It's $1,000 a month I owe in student loans for this job that I have. She's like, you're absolutely right. Profits are absolutely necessary no matter what the business is. So if you missed anything from yesterday like Mallory did, you can podcast it at WRQK.com. Fantone, how are you this morning? Uh, I'm feeling all right. Feeling all right. Um, a little disappointed it's not Friday. Kind of kind of wish we were at the end of it. But, you know, it's Thursday and I'll probably survive. Yeah, that's how I woke up this morning, too. I was like, man, I really wish today was Friday. I've got a, uh, I've got an... S ton of stuff to do in front of me today. I've got a lot of stuff that I need to to handle before I go out of town this weekend. So I feel a little bit like, I don't know, like, man, I want this show to be over quick so I can get going on stuff and get moving stuff. And I'm also like, dude, I don't want to do any of that stuff. So I hope this show takes forever. Like, let's just lean back and relax for a little while. Um, but no, I'm, I'm in a good mood, ready to go. What's the story with you? So I, um, you had said something to me, uh, uh, well, essentially about me yesterday in the program. And it okay. got me thinking when I got off the air. You were like, man, you haven't really been talking about the golf game much. Okay. And it has been a little bit of a struggle. So yesterday I went and spent the afternoon at Spring Valley. Uh, their golf course that down in like well, I guess it's East Sparta. It feels like Canton South to me. That, okay. that whole area there. I never know where the hell I am here. I never. There's like seven thousand cities for eighty thousand people. I talk about it all the time. I can never figure out where the hell I am. You start throwing townships in there and those lines and like I I agree with you. It often gets confusing. Yeah, I never know where I am. But the people are like, oh well, it's a Canton mailing address, but dude, come on, it's East Sparta. You should know that. And I'm like, I don't know if I know that. But and I'm almost hesitant to say this all right. because of how much I enjoy it. But I. I really like their driving range at Spring Valley. It's removed away from the course. It's up on the hill. You're all by yourself. It's wide open. You're just surrounded by trees, nothing else. And you can kind of like, I don't know, you can get whisked away up there and be like kind of by your damn self. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, it, dude, essentially their driving range is, is dude, it's my Calgon. <laughs> to, to, to me, it always seemed like, I don't know, the driving range it wouldn't matter what was in front of you. It wouldn't kind of matter one to the other because you're just standing there at a tee. But well, I you know I, I don't know. It's kind of nice being removed okay. away from everything. Right. I don't know why, but it, it, maybe it's just a me thing. But I absolutely love their driving range, and I'm almost hesitant because I don't want people to go. <laughs> like I hate saying that. Like I, you know what I mean. But I, I, selfishly, I like it because sometimes you can be very much alone up there. I think a part of uh, the reason why you enjoy golf, especially during the week when you're not necessarily going out there with buddies, you're just going out there to do it, is for some alone time oh yeah that's what, um, what i love about it especially when you're practicing i mean there's in the zone moments where it's like you're going out there and trying to compete at your best and then there's also times when i think you're trying to figure out like what the hell is going on with my game it's a very difficult game so i would understand why you wouldn't necessarily want other people standing around while you're like essentially falling apart at the seams absolutely okay and that's part of it so okay. i so i spent the afternoon there yesterday and i think i got it i think i have it i don't know it's it, like i've swapped problems all right i used to be able to hit my mid-range iron games like my my like five to like my nine iron perfectly okay and then i would struggle with like my my driver from the tee and i kept saying i was like man if i could fix my driver the way i hit my mid-iron game i'd start to score so now i hit the driver 260 straight 
and now I can't hit a mid-range iron to save my life. So I was then there yesterday trying to get it figured out, and I think I just about have it. Yeah, I was going to say. It's all about setup. I don't want to compare you to John Daly. That's not what I'm trying to do, but I figured you were definitely a big driver guy. I definitely figured you were out there just letting it rip. No, for the most of, no. for, honestly, for like a year and a half, dude, I teed off with a four iron because I couldn't figure my driver out. And then I started hitting the three wood, and I got that going pretty good. And I actually sold my driver to a buddy of mine because I could never hit it. And then like a week later, I turned around and bought another one of another guy for like 25 bucks. And I love it when I hit it well. And I was hitting the thing great like the last couple of days. But honestly, man, like my seven iron has just like disappeared. There's so much to this game, dude. Honestly, I'm it's never because gonna, it's all right here. I'm never going to pick it up. I'm never going to be like, you know what? I need to start I mean, your dad ball. plays, right? Uh, yeah, but he's not, not like a lot. An, he's not like an enthusiast. My brother the same way. We're like, he'll neither, go play, but ne- doesn't play. Ne- neither one of them are all about it. Like, they'll go do it. And I uh, I just at we should this all point, go play Glen Eagles at this point. It really just like every time I hear you talk about this, it just seems so complex. And there's so many moving pieces and parts. And there's so many like nuances to it. It doesn't even sound enjoyable. To it's me. not <laughs> like it doesn't. It's even not. It's, like, it's horrible. It doesn't sound like a recreational activity. Like, or if you go play like disc golf and it's like, yeah, dude, you're out there. Stone, and you're stone throwing frisbees. Play with yeah. your friends. I that, agree. That sounds fun to me. Yeah. Where it's like you playing golf. Just golf's not fun. Miserable. No, it's not fun. The Dude, the game is not fun. That's not what the game is for. Even today when you're like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about things. It still sounds like it sucks. No, I honestly, <laughs> as I'm feeling pretty good about it right now, I'm already panicked about the, 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 the driving range session I'll have later today. No, it's like there, there's a famous saying that said, whoever said golf is relaxing either a never played it or b was really good at it and that and that is totally true it's just one of those things man it's all mental like the entire game takes place in that foot between your ears and if you can't get that down and my buddy says to me dude the guy that gave me my lessons hj says it to me all the time dude i can teach you how to make every swing there is He's like, but do you need a head doctor? He's like, the, the anxiety in you, he's like, it just, you cannot relax and do, and that's my biggest problem is I don't do the same thing every single time. And that's the whole game. The whole game is repetition. Do the same thing every single time. Do the same setup, do the same thing. And dude, I just, sometimes I have a tendency to start speeding things up just to get through them and then things fall apart. I think most things boil down to your habits in life. I think most things oh, probably, yeah, I would agree. Pro- probably are sure. like that. But once you get frustrated, once you get impatient, once you get distracted, once something happens kind of in your brain there where it's like, you do, you go back to those bad habits, those comfortable habits, those like, no, you this start is, going fast. Right. I got this figured right. out. I know what I'm doing. Right. And then you end up falling back on bad habits. And that's the problem with golf is that honestly, dude, there's a, like Tiger, right? Tiger's just been cleared by his doctors to, for, to like pick up his career again. Yeah, it's but, on swinging. But they changed his, his whole swinger around that's the problem with the game is that they're different dude everybody's got a different swing everybody's got a different like grip everybody's got and so like there are a million ways to come to this even though there's a right way there's still a million ways to come to it and so the point being is is that you can go out there and practice and end up two hours in all you did all you've done is practice the wrong habit see it's a very difficult thing I feel like, are we talking about golf or are we talking about life? The Stansberry Show. Who knows, That's man? exactly right. Who knows, man? It's a bigger picture we're talking well, about. Well, honestly, it's one of the reasons why I got obsessed with the jo- with the game. Right. Like, I played a lot as a kid. Like, growing up, I played a lot. Like, I caddied. I, I mean, I was around the game a lot. And was, pre- okay. and, was, and was pretty good, right? Not great, but was pretty good. And then, like, I moved back home from Oregon, and I was, like, bartending at night. My buddy was, like, playing every morning before he went to work, and he started you know, getting me up. Well, then once we started, you know, doing this job again, I realized that the parallels between golf and this job are, I mean, there are a lot of them. And essentially it is what 
I have a tendency to my anxiety, my anger, and all that stuff into panic. And so golf teaches you when things go wrong, stay calm, bro, because, dude, you're only one good shot away. And this job's very much the same way. If things start to spiral and you freak out, then the whole show's ruined. Where if you can pull your S together, you can get figured out, stay calm in the moment, you can turn the ship around, and we'll see if I can do that next on Rock 106.9. Ansbury Show, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show, Rock 106.9. Coming up at 8 o'clock, Canton, Ohio has been passed over. We got skipped, and I'm unhappy about it. I had made a prediction. I'm wrong on it. And Canton, Ohio has been passed over, and I'm not happy about it. 8 o'clock, we'll give you that. All right. I did just read this, though. Dude, the Cleveland Browns are a mess. Okay. So now Hugh Jackson going back to Deshaun Kaiser as the starting quarterback. Kevin Hogan now third on the depth chart. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. Just come out with a sign and hold it, much like Wiley Coyote. When he caught the Roadrunner, he had that sign. Now what? Like, I just, dude, I want all Browns personnel to come out and hold a sign that says, I don't know what I'm doing. You don't know what you're doing. And I'm starting to think, and again, maybe this is me just trying to get the back of Hugh Jackson. I don't think he's making any of these calls whatsoever. I think he is the puppet that they put out there to give you the words that are coming out of Sashi's mouth. I really do. I don't think he has a single say in anything that happens. So uh, essentially you think that Jimmy Haslam said, Sashi Brown, you are in control of any and everything that happens with this team. I do. Okay. I do. I'm starting to believe that. Okay. Again, Hugh wanted Wentz. They wouldn't let him take him. He wanted Deshaun Watson. Wouldn't let him take him. Now they, they, they straddle him with Kaiser, which every NFL analyst said. High ceiling, but the lowest floor of any guy in the draft. And you got him in the second round. And I remember saying, if you find a quarterback in the second round, you get me value there, I can't hate it. Yeah, I mean, getting him in the second round, and I, I mean, it's still far premature. We don't know that he's not going to be good. Right. I mean, very premature to be like, well, that dude's a bust. I would agree. It's, but, it's a little too early, especially with this roster and this and this staff. I, I agree with that. But as you kind of look down the field here and you look at the evidence that's presented itself thus far, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to assume the guy's going to be a bust, maybe by no fault of his own. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe this is one of those situations. They I, might tip gouch him. I've said that, you know, time and time again. That You that, maintain Tim. Couch would have been a really good NFL quarterback. I think he had the potential. I think if like, you like a Matt him, Ryan type quarterback. I think if you would have put him in a situation where he had the opportunity to win, he could have done something. He had no chance playing for Cleveland those That's first five fair. years. You know, and 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 and, and I, God, I, feel, I can't even believe it was that long. I, I feel like Deshaun Kaiser here. Yes. If, if I had a time machine, would we redo this whole thing? Would I tell Hugh Jackson, dude, don't even start him until, you know, week eight or oh, beyond? Of course. Like they said they were going to? Like they were going to take it slow, and Hugh was the one telling you that? And then who was the one telling you that that wasn't going to happen? Oh, yeah, that's right. It was me. But, and it's because he's not making the decisions. The, the cards have, have, have been played the way that they've been played. And Deshaun Kaiser went from starting his first, you know, game week one and being absolutely like overwhelmed and, you know, regressing every step along the way. Um, And then you take it away from him and you shake his confidence and you give him that that doubt in his mind of, yo, dude, we don't think you're good enough to do this. We don't think you're capable of the job. And then two weeks later, you're going to go back to him and be like, yo, ball's yours, bro. What has changed 
Nothing. today from two Kevin weeks Hogan's ago. three picks. That's Nothing's it. Nothing's changed with Deshaun Kaiser. He's exactly the quarterback that he was. There's right. no further development. He hasn't learned anything. He hasn't gotten better as a player. So how do you go back to him and say, yo, dude, two weeks ago we didn't think you were good enough, but now here's the ball? Well, maybe he's going to go on a winning streak and they're going to win the six games. Well, there's still time to. There is still time to, I guess. I bet they don't win six games in the next four years. I'd make that bet right now. I mean, they're like, a disaster. Is, is they're a disaster. And when I think about how much hatred I took in the preseason, telling you that they weren't going to be any good, and people like, I'm never listening ever again. You think you know everything. I knew this. I, I don't know if I know everything, but I did know this. They're a disaster. I mean, now this would be a four-hour show on its own, probably a, a, a four-year show on its own. Let's do it. Um, what... Do you see anything that can no. improve the I don't status even question. of the Cleveland Browns as we stand today? I mean, I know the draft is still, you know, nine months away, but, like, is there anything that could happen within that organization yes. that might be able to, like, you save could the put, rest of the season? You could put football-intelligent people in the front office. You don't go get baseball guys to fix a football franchise. I could have, I mean, dude, really? Like, that was one of those moves. That was so outside the box that if it works, you look brilliant. But the problem is, you're the Cleveland Browns, and it wasn't going to work for you. And you had to know that. Like, if the Chiefs do it, or another team that hasn't been miserable for 30 years... Yeah, you've got a team that's teetering on the on the brink of relevancy, where you've got a team who's a consistent eight and eight team. They can't quite get over, and then you bring somebody in that maybe there's some sort of argument to make. But you're right when you have arguably, not even arguably, factually the worst franchise in all of professional sports, and then you try to like outsmart the rest of the league. That's that's going to be a bad time. Right. Right. Going back to Kaiser Hogan now third on the depth chart. Well, you got to play Hogan. Got to see what you have in Hogan. Like, winner. Like, dude, all, he's a winner. Won everywhere he's been. He's a winner. No, he's not. No, he's not. I, I just. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just, I, I don't understand. Like, the hook, line, and sinker in which people fall for this every single year. Honestly, dude, I think Haslam's almost evil. Like, I think he's just sitting in his office, like, wringing his hands together. Like, look at these morons in Ohio. Like, no matter what I put on that field, these fat tubalards keep just filing into the stadium, giving me 50 bucks a ticket. Right, just lighting cigars with, like, your hard-earned dollar bills laughing I, at honestly, you. Honestly, I think Haslam just kicks back and laughs and then thinks about how to rip off his own trucking company right. some more. Flying J, baby! Jeez. They are a mess. The Browns are like the sports equivalent of Artie Lang. And I'll give you, uh, dude, I got a story on Artie that he claims he's going door to door in Ohio and he's not gonna. And I'll explain why and how next on Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 1069. Coming up at 8 o'clock, Canton, Ohio has been skipped over. And I'm not happy about it. All right. Not either. I don't even know what it is, but I'm pissed. I don't want Canton to be skipped over. I made a prediction. I was wrong. We got skipped over, and I'm sad about it. Sons of bitches. And I'm going to go off about it at 8 o'clock. All right. Former uh, Howard Stern sidekick, Artie Lang had to cancel on a show he was doing at uh, the Goodyear Theater in Akron this past weekend, I believe. It was. He was scheduled to perform and was unable to make it. 
the show ended up going on. Mike Polk did his set, and you know, a couple right. other guys did right. their thing or whatever. But Artie Lang took to Facebook the other day to apologize to the wonderful people of Akron and Cleveland and promising to call every single ticket holder themselves. I apologize in all seriousness for not making the gig, Lang said. I could tell you what really happened, but you're going to speculate anyway. For those of you that don't know, Artie Lang has a pretty large history of heroin use. He says, I could tell you my whole family died and I had to go to the wake, but you're going to say, no, Art, you were on the heroin. The real issue is the fact that I let you guys down, Artie said. He promised to work with the promoter to contact each ticket holder and find out what he can do to pay everyone back. He says, if they don't have your phone number, email him a number that I can use because what I'm going to do over the next two weeks is I'm going to call all of you, so look out. Now, Artie's a pretty good dude. I could maybe see him making calls, but I don't buy a single thing he's saying here. And I'm sorry, Artie Lang, but you're a heroin addict, and don't tell me about recovering. Once an addict, once an addict, always an addict. And so at the end of the day, dude, you've used up all of your goodwill. You've used up the, well, maybe it wasn't this. You've used up all your second chances, Artie, so no, dude, I don't believe a single thing you're saying. I think you were probably on drugs. I do. I think you were you were doing drugs, and, you, and now you know it. If this was a real situation... He wouldn't be like, well, I'm going to call everybody. Or I'm going to pay all the money back. Or I'm going to go door to door. I'm going to see. He would just tell you, man, look, sometimes things happen. Right. We'll reschedule the show. Your tickets will be good for said show. He's going above and overboard because he knows he was guilty. Because he knows he was high on heroin. He's got that guilt on him. He's got guilt. Okay. I'm just telling you, dude, like, don't fall for this. It's like, and again, man, if you're a heroin addict, I'm sorry, dude, but when you use up, when you've lied to people for that long, people aren't going to believe you, and that makes them smart, not wrong. Yeah, I mean, I think that anybody who's dealt with an addict can at least be sympathetic to that of not trusting somebody and not giving them the benefit of the doubt because you're right. You've been screwed over before. Your trust has been spent. You are in debt when it comes to trust. Right. And I mean, uh, I guess that's the thing is, you know, Artie Lang has fooled plenty of people plenty of times. Hilarious guy. I love Artie. Like, he's written a slew of books, and I, I, I don't know if I've read them all, but I can tell you, I did read Too Fat to Fish, and that book was really good. You root for him the whole way through it. Um, great on the Howard Stern show. Great in movies. Great stand-up comedian, dude. There's no denying his funniness, and I think that's worth saying because honestly, to the Goodyear, like it sucks you guys are involved in this, but at the same time, like, dude, thank you guys for bringing in upper echelon talent. I feel like the Goodyear is making a real effort towards getting better comedians, oh, God, better yeah. bands, better better touring groups to come down toward the Akron area. I mean, do Black Label Society's Ex- playing there in February? We're going to get you hooked up. Actually, nine thirty this morning. Exactly. So bands like that, uh, you know, comedians like that. So they do deserve some credit and a Agreed. pat on the back here. And it sucks that they're that, that, that they're involved in this. Um, I, I, I guess you're right in the sense of why wouldn't you just reschedule this? Like if if you couldn't if if you if Delta Airlines screwed you over and you couldn't right. get on a flight and dude I can't make it to Akron. If, it's because it, he was in an airport bathroom slamming heroin into his balls. That's exactly what it was happening. If if your parent if your mom and dad died or if you if you were involved in an accident, there's a million different things that you're right could happen here. But why go so overboard? You ever see somebody get off heroin? They no, look better. You have a much closer relationship with people on dro- on on that drug oh, at least well, than I do. They look better. Artie looks like a guy who's still doing drugs. 
Still like that sunken. Like, yeah, like yeah. and dude, it never looks like he takes care of himself right. at all. Like, dude, when people get off drugs, they start to look better. Just na- without even working at it, they just start to look better. Well, yeah, I mean, you're healthier. <laughs> right. Um, I, you don't have poison running through your veins. I, I'm sure with the close relationship you had with an addict and the working relationship that you had with an addict, you had to have gone through similar oh, issues God. at times, right? Like, oh where he God. Show up. Our show started at three o'clock. The right. amount of times I was at his apartment at one thirty in the afternoon, pounding on the door going yo bro are we coming to work today or not i mean dude multiple times a month multiple i mean the amount of like just and you never knew what was walking through the door you never knew it's like okay well which maxwell am i getting today i mean it was a nightmare now he's you know clean sober eight nine years i think working for glenn bay i know i'm very proud of what he does there does a great job Um, at it but you were side by side with him essentially in his darkest days right dude the the whole thing oh dude it was a nightmare like it because at first like i said addicts don't like to be they don't like you judging them so what an addict will do if you're working closely with them they'll start like encouraging you to use and that's exactly what happened Hey, man, try this. Yeah, Misery loves company. And I was newer in the business, wanted to impress a guy who had been all over the country, just wanted a good job, was like, yeah, man, all right, I'll do drugs with you. If that's what's going to make me cool, if that's what's going to get me a job, let's do it. All of a sudden, Stansbury's a freshman again. Yeah, I don't care. Sure. Do it. it. Let's do it. (laughs) And then, but then, dude, then he goes and gets sober. And I was stuck in there. It was just Tiffany and I at that point. I had to carry that whole thing up the hill on my own. And honestly, the last two years when he was still high on drugs, I was carrying that thing up the hill by myself, too. It was just like, well, Tiffany. But, I mean, it, the, the, dude, pushing that project up the hill was – that's why, honestly, at the end of MMS, when they were like, well, decide. You want to stay here or you want to go? I was like, dude, I want out. I just – dude, I need a break. My, I'm, my brain is fried. I just want out of all of this. And that's why I left. And But, like, when he, like, when he went to rehab, I was just like – Oh my God! What's my life going to be like now? My right. career's hanging in the balance of this person, of this dude's of, ability uh, to walk uh, away uh, from heroin, right? right. Like, which dude? The odds of that are good. One in eight people make it. Once he did sober up, and I'm sure you know. All right, so hey, I'm done doing drugs. You made a big deal about it, talked about it, and I'm sure you kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt. But somewhere along the line, he probably had to pull an Artie Lang where he didn't show up or something was unreliable. Did you automatically go yes. to dude? You're back on it's, it. And, I know and, it. And, and the and the see the thing about and this is why I think Artie's lying is because the difference there is Max would come in and be like, look, man, I know what you're thinking. You know what I mean? Or he would call me and be like, I know what you're thinking. It's not this. And I, but we did, we suspected it. Bo and I, Tiffany and I, everybody, like the entire sales staff, we were like, eh, I, I don't know. You, you never really felt like you could trust it until you had like, until I saw the dedication on him. Like him helping other addicts and him, you know, public speaking about it. And then and I was like, all right, maybe he's on the right track of this. But it, initially, no way. With all the heroin uh, epidemic going on here in Stark County and Canton, Ohio, in the area, I just feel like maybe, you know, we had him on once before. Maybe it's time to bring him You back. know, somebody you know, just somebody. asked me at the Agora the other night. They said, look, man, I heard that live. I can't find it on the website. It would be interesting. I don't know. Maybe I'll be honest. Dude, dealing with him gives me anxiety. I know it, it does. just dude, it just gives me that whole week. It dude, <laughs> it just brings back ten years of like, oh my god, dude. I was on the people have no idea what dealing with people like that is is like if you haven't done it, especially when it's like working. It was like ten years of me sitting on the edge of my seat, going, "Is he gonna melt my face off for saying CNN right now?" Like you just never knew what was coming through the door, and it was honestly, dude, it was legitimately terrifying. But I don't buy Artie Lang's statement here, not for one, not for one second.
The NFL has still got issues with this whole protest thing. They met a couple of days, Roger Goodell saying one thing, and now there's a former CEO of a very successful business that says they've screwed all this up, and here's how you fix it. We'll get you clued in next on Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. Miss anything from yesterday? Podcast it right there. Coming up at 8 o'clock, Canton, Ohio has been passed over, and I'm unhappy about it. I made a prediction. I was wrong. I'm going to have to eat crow, and I don't like the fact that this city was passed over. I feel like this organization is making a huge mistake. Spoiler alert. Are we not getting the Amazon headquarters? Is that no. what it is? Yeah, that one really makes you mad. Like, Vance found the one morning. I, I forget. This was like two weeks ago, and he said to me, he's like, I don't know how stupid people really are. He's like, they're all mad because we're not being considered to be like the new like city for the Amazon hub. Yeah, like people were like pissed at city council and the mayor because we didn't put in a bid for that. Well, we don't meet the... And so so Fantone looked up the qualifications, and again, I'm going to ask him to pull from memory for two weeks ago, so I doubt he remembers, but like, wasn't the qualifications like a million residents, right. something like that? Like, you had to be a big city. International airport, a million different things that went into it, but it was just like, there was like, right out of the gate, there was like five we didn't qualify, and I'm like, well, what are we talking about? Is Akron Canton an international? I don't, I don't know. Akron Canton... No, I don't. I don't. I don't know. know. I don't know. I mean, I fly to Vegas out of there. I've flown to L. A. Right. out of there. I've flown to Florida out of there. But I, I don't know about international. <laughs> they would pimp international, right? I would think you. You say international. I would right? think so. I don't know that. Um, I know. Sm- now this is California, but when I lived there, they had a very small airport, much like Ar- Akron Canton. And then, like a year later, they like renovated it and made it international. But it's um, not any bigger. Is it, if, if I fly to Canada, is that international? Is it any country? Is it out of the North, or North America? I mean, I would have to imagine Canada makes you an international, yeah. right? Yeah, commercial airport. I do not see. I do. I don't. It My guess say. is that you were right. That you they would. It. They would be screaming from the mountaintops that they're an international airport. But we we do not qualify for that Amazon headquarters. Sorry if no. I ruined the eight o'clock break. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the, all that teasing I did. <laughs> no, no, it's got nothing to do with that. Okay. So the NFL met with players and owners the other day, and you know Goodell kind of came out yesterday and said, "Look, man, we didn't even really get into the oh. I- into the anthem protesting what? thing." And I was like, "Well, then why the hell did you have the meeting?" What? I didn't understand that at all. Yeah. Hey, hey, sorry you have cancer. Go to the doctors. Doctor goes in there. No, we didn't even talk about the cancer. We didn't even know. There's no nothing. Talked about your cold. What? What? And so a lot of people are upset about this anthem protesting. As a matter of fact, at 845, uh, we'll let you take a listen to a country artist who wrote a song about it. One time now. Come little on. new turd Thursday. A little big old dipper one time now. Come 845, on. Pat Garrett's had enough. We'll, Pat Garrett. We'll, we'll play that for you. Okay? But now a former CEO of Carl's Jr. is coming out. I wish we had Carl's Jr. around here. Yeah, they are good. They are good. I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing you can do about it. Like, yeah. I don't even think it's a one tank trip. You'd have to drive pretty far to get to a Carl's Jr. I would think so. He's come out and said, "Do the NFL screwed this up?" He said, "When I was a kid growing up in Cleveland, Ohio, I had no idea the political affiliation of any of the players, and I certainly don't recall any political discussions during the game. It was a rarity. I, I would imagine that there that it happened occasionally." I'm guessing not like it does today. I mean, I don't know what time, what era this dude grew up in. Well, I mean, he's talking about Jim Brown running down the sideline. Well, then aren't we talking about Jim I mean, Brown? <laughs> like Jim Brown. Now, the difference is there. I'm sure Jim Brown, very outspoken and, and, and definitely was a, a leader in the civil rights movement. Also beat the crap out of a bunch of women. But that's another point. Statue. Um, um, just hanging out. But, Statue just hanging out. But... 
Um, I think the difference is there, though. Yeah, Jim Brown could be outspoken. Jim Brown could do things. But we didn't have the internet. We didn't have the 24-7 sports You cycle. might have known it in your market. Yeah, but you didn't necessarily know. And what Odell was doing. All right. They weren't putting it in your face as much. They really weren't. And I'm sure the announcers and, didn't talk about well, it. Well, that's just it. The wide world of sports shows and that kind of stuff, they would have stayed away from that kind of stuff out of fear that people were going to get angry with them. And so, But that's not what happens anymore. But this guy says, I'm not watching football anymore. It's not that I've stopped being a fan. I just find it hard to cheer on individuals who have so clearly benefited from the opportunities our nation offers, but refuse to acknowledge the sacrifice of so many Americans who risked or even lost their lives to protect the freedoms that they're you know, exercising. Okay, I agree that there's some decent logic in there, but how many times do players have to come out and say that this is about the police brutality issue and the equality issue in America before somebody hears them say that? As a guy who wants players to stand, they have been vocal now multiple times and at least have tried to meet you halfway. And, and I've said, look, this lands as anti-military for people, right? And I have said that, and I agree that it does. But they've come out now multiple times and have said, and it is either a refusal to hear that or you're just choosing not to listen to people. Um, I think there's plenty of people out there who have heard that message of police um, uh, police brutality or or you know um, inequality in the judicial system when it comes to minorities. Um, but a lot of people have heard that message. A lot of people don't believe it. A lot of people don't necessarily think that that is true. I Therefore, also think a lot of people you? like this guy want to s- continue to make it about the military so their argument holds oh, up. Oh, dude, you 100% it's an echo chamber of like, yeah, well, it is about the military. It's disrespectful to him. Now, he says here the NFL could have prevented all of this. They say, honestly, any competent employer would have. Says employees do not have the right to alienate a business's customer base, damaging business that employs them. As an owner, you can respect your employees' First Amendment rights without destroying your business. Now, I agree with everything he just said there. But is it, do the employees, he's saying the employees do not have the right, but if, if you as the employer want to give them that right to allow them to, to say well, things. Well, that's where we're at an impasse here. Because we're, what you, I'm assuming what you're saying there is Roger Goodell is giving his employees. Where in, in reality, dude, you work for your owner. Um, I don't know what that breakdown is. I mean, it's a franchise. As the player union, though, works out, they all work for their individual owners? I think so. I don't know that. But I, 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 that's how an owner is going to look at it. It's like, yes, we're in a league, but you work for me. They say here, it could be argued that you were obligated to do so, to step in, to stop this in defense of your other employees who could be negatively affected by this who aren't doing it. And he's making a good point there. I think that's that's... At the very least, a big part of what people haven't paid attention to here is like, all right, now prior to President Trump, you know, kind of riling this whole thing up, right. there's about a dozen plus players, maybe two dozen players that were doing this. No, he made out of it a worse. league out of a league of 500 plus guys. So like, we all got so like, no, I'm boycotting the NFL, and it's like, well, dude, what about those 500 other dudes that are standing there in line with their hand over their heart? Yeah, he says here, those guys count on those jobs and incomes that they provide. Not to mention the investments of your shareholders, franchisees, or in this case, team owners all make to build, operate, and acquire these businesses. And I would agree. Like, that's where it started. Like, I, again, players have the right, although it's not their platform. I've explained that till I'm blue in the face. Do Sunday at 1 o'clock or 4 o'clock in the afternoon is not a player's platform. I don't care how many times that word gets thrown out on ESPN. It is not their platform. But the NFL gives it to them. The NFL is allowing it. I agree. 
But I, I think this guy's right, though, that if I was an NFL owner, I'd be thinking about my players who don't want any part of this, who are being negatively affected by it. We are seeing ratings down. We, although their salaries don't change now. Now, do they change next year, year after, three years down the road? I don't know. But as of right now, I guess maybe that's why you can't really go to the, well, you got to protect the other employees because nobody's changing salaries in the middle of the season because this is happening. Right, yeah. I mean, your contract is what your contract is there. Um, I guess if we're looking at this, is like, well, you as a business owner now have a responsibility to not alienate customers, is not alienate your audience. Uh, I don't know if it's a responsibility, but it's definitely the smart thing it's, to do. I agree it's the smart thing <laughs> to do. The, I don't but, know if it's a responsibility. But, but at that argument, okay, so if we're going to live by that argument of like, then, then he's using those terms of you you are responsible. He said legally there's there's an argument to make. Then if then if I have a business owner say, well, then no, I'm not saying Merry Christmas because it's alienating some customers. When you flip that coin, people are going to come at me like, oh, don't war on Christmas. I, dude, I said, so I, like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christmas person, but I worked in retail in, in a very Jewish community and my boss said to me it's happy holidays here dude and it was his business so i did what he wanted right so you so i mean it's that's the whole point is you're taking the right of the business owner away here he says here i ran the company that owns carl's jr and hardy's for almost 17 years i ran that along with our franchisees we employed about seventy-five thousand americans and we flew the american flag in front of many of our restaurants had any company employee decided to disrespect that flag in front of our customers in our brand's uniform and during their hours of employment, I would have encouraged our general managers to first warn them to stop. And if they refused, now we're going to fire you. I mean, I think you could fire them right out of the gate for that. It's your business. If you want to run it that way, that's the way you run it. I, he says, I am very supportive of the First Amendment rights and would encourage employees to express their opinions openly and freely on their own time. And again, there is an argument there. I know Roger Goodell saying it. But what is? But, but Jerry Jones isn't, and well, you work for Jerry Jones. No, because when you know who signs your checks, when you buy a McDonald's and you're the owner of that McDonald's, you still have to live up to the corporate. As a franchisee, you still right. have to live up to that. But corporate. the difference there is the NFL isn't saying you must protest the flag. They're just saying if you choose to, we're going to, we're not going to punish you for it. They're not saying that the team can't punish you for it. They're saying the league won't fine you for it. There is nothing on the record, or, or Goodell has not said anything about if a team decides to punish a player. Now, they're not, because they're already being called slave owners over the fact that they're a little resistant to let this happen, even though an NBA owner won't let you do it. They're totally fine. This is a media-driven takedown of the NFL. They started with concussions. They couldn't get that ball down the field. This popped up, and the media, dude, they've been anti-NFL for a while. There's a section of the media that is anti-NFL, and we've seen it with concussions, and we're seeing it with this. But ratings are down. And from what I saw, now again, people showed me still pictures of stadiums on Sunday. I don't know when those pictures were taken. Were they taken at halftime? Were they taken when people are in the bathroom? I don't know. But there were empty stadiums. Not empty, but there, there were definitely multiple stadiums where you'd see. But it's like, is Jacksonville pulling audiences in without this? I don't know. But I agree that... If, if it were my business, I would not want this happening. And I think Roger Goodell says, well, yeah, we're not going to do it because he doesn't want to wade into it. It's not a directive. It's not like him saying, well, we're perfectly okay with it. He's just saying, I don't want this mess on my hands. And so I'm not going to punish people because I, I want to stop being called a racist. And that's what they are. They're all labeled as racist today over the fact that they're uncomfortable over losing money. What they are, they're not racist. What they are, what NFL owners are, are capitalists. And they're about their money first. 
And again, just like I said yesterday, profits aren't bad. Profits employ you and they employ me. We should all be rooting for corporate profits because that's how we all keep jobs. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. You hang on. Nine. And welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We have a pair of House of Horrors tickets. 745. We'll get you hooked up with those. That and Akron. And Halloween right around the corner. Dude, hard to believe, like, you've got, like, two weekends left of October. So if you're one of those people who's like, oh, dude, it's, you know, the best time of the year, well, you better get it in because it's going to be over before you know it. And then you're going to be like, damn it, I miss all the haunted houses. I'm not a, I'm, I'm not really a haunted house person. I know you're not. I know they made me go, like, the first year I was yeah. here. They, they made me wear, like, the GoPro on, like, a hat. And I had to pretend. I, like, I, look, I'm just, I'll be honest. I had to pretend I was scared of things. Okay. And I get scared of movies and stuff like that. Okay. But I was like walking through there, and I'll admit, like, wa- before I started walking through there, I was like, well, maybe I am going to get really scared. And then I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. You're probably not going to do that. And again, like, I say this, like, I saw friends of mine the other night, friends of mine, like, personal friends, meaning, dude, they're age appropriate for me. Okay. Hitting people up on Facebook going, we all going to go to the haunted house this weekend? And I was like, I didn't, I'll, I'll say it every year. I had no idea people my age were allowed to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely one of those things. You as a single guy your age should not go by yourself. But yes, with a You mean tell people, me married couples my yeah. age would go do that? It's nostalgia. It feels like a good time. It feels like you're teenagers again. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I know some people like to go and get arrested. Jeez. <laughs> Hanging out in the line. Jeez. Back like, that one up. And like I said, I don't. Beep, dude, at beep, some at some beep. point, you got to figure out why you're getting arrested where seventh graders hang out. But that, that's maybe that's just me. They've done another study here, and I'm guessing <laughs> since I didn't get, since I didn't get pulled, it's not really all that accurate. Yeah, they're always doing the studies. Yeah, everybody wants to examine everything. Okay, don't examine things. <laughs> all right, you never learn anything good from nope, it. Nope, nothing has come <laughs> from studying things at all. So they went up and down the Kama Sutra, which is like the book of like freaks. Like, you know what I mean? It's All like, right. this is how you bang somebody, like, properly. It's that book. Um, you know, Do you have a copy of the Kama Sutra I, at home? I do not have a copy of the Kama Sutra. Um, Surprised by that. I, uh, it's one of those things that, like, don't get me wrong, there's going to be times you maybe put some, like, pre-thought into sex, but, like, usually it's, like, it's just an animalistic thing that You're just kind of getting into it. And right, and you have sex, and however you guys get into those positions, you get into them, it, 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 it's just, and I guess, you know, in a relationship, maybe this is one of those things where you're like, hey, I see this, I really want to try this, and, and, you, and you work together at it, but it just feels to me like it would almost be like a chore at that point. It would almost be exercise at that point. Okay. All right, so they they tried to figure out what the most popular sex position in the world is, right. not just here in the states. All right. Um, so, Doctor Ed, which apparently is an online health site, <laughs> very reputable doctor. Doctor Ed. Ed. They surveyed a couple thousand people from the United States, Europe, the UK, and everywhere, right, and found that when it comes to sex, human beings we're really not as creative as we'd like to say. As a matter of fact, they say here we're quite boring in bed. They say the most popular sex position. Now, I was shocked by this. I would have had this on the top five, okay. top maybe even top three, okay? But I wouldn't have had this as the most popular. Apparently, the most popular sex position, with 35.1% of the respondents saying this is their go-to sex move, is doggy style. If you ask me the favorite sex position, maybe I would have had that at number one, but the go-to, like the most common, I would not have gotten that. 
I now I here I would have thought it would have been in the top three because I'm willing to bet a lot of the respondents were men. Right. And men seem to like this move a lot. Right. I think women do too for the uh, most part. Now, don't you see, think? Ah, see, I don't. Like yes, the, I, I'm not gonna make the claim that women don't like this move, right? That's not what I'm gonna say. But I have definitely slept with women who felt as if it was disrespectful, especially now, dude, with the, with the feminist uprising that's happening right now. Like, the amount of, I have definitely slept with women who said to me, no, oh my God, that's what you want? You don't even want to have to look at me, so I'm just a sexual figure for you? Like, I, dude, I've gotten into, no. like, arguments with no clothes on over this. Were you, were you, like, watching TV over her back or something? Because No, it's just, like, it's one of those things where some women feel disrespected by this move, and that's why I was surprised it was, like, the number one answered move. I was. I was surprised by that. Now, you start throwing in some other countries a little bit, you know, dude, America's repressed sexually. Like, we have a hang-up on sex the way the rest of the world really doesn't. Right. And so, but I have definitely dealt with women in my life who've said, no, you're not doing that to me. Oh my God. You, what, you just watch porn. You just think we all just want, like, want that. And it's like, well, no, my ex-girlfriends wanted it. But oh. like a lot of them are like, no, dude, you're disrespecting me. Wait, you can't even look at me when we're having sex. And like, I don't know, like, what are you watching porn? It's like, have you not watched porn recently? They've moved on from like, from like just doggy style right. sex. It's like, come on. If we're getting into porn. Your makeup's going <laughs> to run in 20 minutes. You know what I mean? You keep piping up broad, but no, like I was surprised by this. I was really surprised. If it, like I said, if it was favorites, because I think a lot of people do enjoy that position. But the reason I don't think it's the most common or like the go-to per se, it's not really a starting point. It's not a starting point, and it takes effort and energy. And it's one of those things where it's like, well, I mean, you on top of her, that's considerably less effort and strain energy on, on your body on both of partner parties. There, the spoon position, the laziest of all sex positions. That's what I kind of thought would be number one, just because it's like, I'm not wild about that. I mean, it's just, it, but it's just, it, it I, is lazy. It's lazy. And I think most relationships are lazy. I think most sex is lazy. I just think get most, this over with. And now maybe if this was America that we were talking about, we'd be in a different position. But then if it was America, I think most dudes would be like lying about it. Like, yeah, man i like the pile driver the best you know what i'm saying like number two on the list of most popular sex positions is missionary 22 and a half percent of the uh, respondents said missionary followed by cowgirl which is them on top of you at 19.4 percent but those both of those are pretty solid i uh i again i really like the cowgirl position i like especially dude when you're sleeping with somebody really attractive there's something really great about being able to get a full view of her Dude, God, yeah, especially if they got, like, nice boobs and, like, then they do porn it up a little bit. Like, they'll hold them for you. Like, dude, that stuff's hot. It is. It's it's totally hot. (laughs) But the worst part is, like, when you're sleeping with somebody you're just not attracted to and you're like, oh, my My God. My God, what am I doing? What am I doing? Just eyes closed. Like, I can't believe I let you take your clothes off and climb on top of me. I can't, dude, I can't believe we didn't have to shave you first. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That could be pretty bad. We have a pair of tickets for the house. House of Horrors, get hooked up next on The Stansberry Show. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We have a pair of tickets for the House of Horrors up in Akron. Akron's newest haunt. 15 years in the making, the Ghoul Brothers have been putting this together. Should be pretty damn good, I would imagine. Yeah, I would think so. And it is Halloween season. Now, I don't really get into the Halloween thing. I was raised by religious weirdo parents who wouldn't let me go trick-or-treating, which is hilarious because now my mom loves taking my niece trick-or-treating. Loves it. Really? Oh, my God. No. Gracie looks so cute in this. And oh, my God. 
And like, she loves it now. Isn't that often the story with grandparents is like, who the hell are you and where were you when I was a child? Yeah. It's fair. But again, like the Halloween thing, it was like my father was a minister. His A lot of his congregation viewed that. And it was the 80s. So people were like nuts. And a lot of his congregation felt like it was the devil's holiday. So we weren't allowed to take part in it. So he couldn't lose credibility in front of his audience. I almost feel like now if if a religious organization were to put that forward, that concept forward of like, no, you can't do it because it's Satan's holiday. We would laugh at it. It would be like, oh, my God. But I'm sure it was mainstream, pretty acceptable, pretty commonplace. Oh, no, I got laughed at. <laughs> no, seriously, it was really? the, in the middle of the street, all my friends wearing their costumes, and then I went back inside, and it was like, yeah, no, they constantly got made fun of. What did you have to do, like, at school when the Halloween party was going on? I don't, well, I went to, honestly, I didn't go to public ah. school until the eighth grade. I, I was, I, I went to CVCA in, um, in Cuyahoga Falls for a while. I went to VCA in Aurora for a while, and I didn't go to Twinsburg until I was in the eighth grade. It just, it just wasn't part of our life. And so we weren't like allowed to take part in it. So I've never really gotten the taste for Halloween. I'm surprised that it wasn't a little. No, bit... No, the candy's good. <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't a little bit like uh, like metal and like rock and roll music, where your dad was like, "No, Stansberry, you can't do Halloween." I'm surprised you didn't turn into like a Halloween enthusiast, like I did music enthusiast. Yeah. yeah. No, that's true. I mean, I had to keep all my records in the back of my closet hidden and like all that stuff. That's... I mean, he, I knew he knew, but like that's all he kept in the closet. That's it. That's it. Nothing else in that closet at all. <laughs> I mean, there was a sock he didn't want to touch. You know what I mean? He probably, probably don't want to grab that. But I've never really gotten like the feel of Halloween. I like scary movies. I like the candy. Don't get me wrong. Peanut butter and chocolate's awesome. I don't care yeah. what time of year it is. That's awesome. True. Right? True. I mean, it's always good. But I've never really got. And so, like, do wearing costumes makes me feel weird? I just I feel uncomfortable when somebody wants me to wear a costume. I've done it. And the entire time I did it, I was like, oh, just get me out of this thing. See, now that's another strange thing. I just feel like most people who feel uncomfortable, who don't want to be a part of something, you throw a mask on, you throw like a little bit of a shield up, and all of a sudden you don't necessarily feel like yourself as much. You don't have to deal with that like uncomfortableness. Um, but dude, I'm sure that would be true of some people. <laughs> I was going to say, you're a bit of a head case over here. We're I'm an onion, buddy. You got to pull me apart a layer at a time. That's the way it works. And so I've just never really gotten the feel for it. And every year somebody invites me to some party and I show up and they're like, you're not wearing a costume. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm just not doing it. I mean, dude, for a while, radio stations would then have like a Halloween party mm-hmm. for the show and you would go and like take over a bar for a few hours and you would do it. I think radio stations still do still that. Still do that, yeah. <laughs> and, I could be wrong. But like, and so I, for years I had to do that, and they'd be like, well, what are you going to wear? And I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go as me. Not even like a like an easy costume. Like uh, I've seen like some very basic things where it's like you can just throw on a suit and say you're, you know. Well, the masks a lot suck because you can't get the, the beard right. to your lips. But I'm saying like I've seen people, like an easy one I've seen before is somebody's dressed up like static cling and they put like a couple of socks on them, a couple of dryer sheets on them, and they spike their hair up. And that way you're not exactly like a, that way you're not, you're exactly like, you know, a, 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 a ghost or something, or a pirate. You're just something that's like basically you in your own clothes. All right, Lamar tweeting in. Lamar Sharp, Officer Lamar Sharp says, is. "At least you didn't have to wear a sheet with holes in it and be a ghost every year for Halloween." Jeez, was that you or your neighbor, Lamar? That might not have been a ghost. That's that. That's terrible. I remember the one year my mom did buy me. Listen to this. I, we were still living in Maple Heights at the at this point, at the bottom of Cato Street. And I remember my mom, like Dukes of Hazard was like all the rage okay. back then, right? 
So she bought me, I think it was the Bo Duke, like, and I was allowed to wear the plastic mask while I was playing in the yard. But I wasn't allowed to go trick or treating, because apparently Satan was gonna like jump in the bag and like I don't know play with me. That's like a really easy costume you could do now. Like Bo Duke, you throw on a flannel, you throw on some jeans, and all of a sudden it's like not much of a costume, but you could. Where say, am I going? Kicking country? Like well, is this that where I'm going? Well, if you if you get invited to this party, you don't necessarily want to like snub the people. Yes, I do. <laughs> do you not know me? I love ignoring people. But the reason why I'm bringing all this up is the other day I was driving down, it, well, yeah, it was 6th Street, right? Okay. So on the southwest side of the town. I was okay. like driving down the street, and I was like going past this house, and there was a pumpkin on the front, like a huge one. But it was like blue. Okay. And I was like, well, all right, maybe people are just being weird, or maybe they just want to do their own thing. And, right. and I didn't think much of it. And then I come into work this morning, and somebody asks me on, on Facebook, this girl, Lisa, who listens to us all the time, said, hey, have you heard about this blue pumpkin thing? And I said, no. I said, but I've seen one, and I just assumed people were being strange. And she's like, no, 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 no. She's like, this is awesome, and I think you should tell people about this. Said, All right, well, you know, what's going on? She's like, well, my daughter has food allergies, and what the blue or teal pumpkin is is you put it on your front, like, stoop or whatever, so come Halloween, kids know that you're either giving out candy or toys that will not affect any food allergy." And if you're a parent sending your kid to doorsteps to yeah. take candy, try telling a kid, even though they know they have allergies, imagine your kid being allergic to peanut butter and they get a bag full of Reese's cup. Right. What am I Reese's not going to eat that? Sorry. Right. You're going to want to sna- smash into it. As a kid, you don't know the ramifications of what's happening. And maybe even you're old enough to go, dude, whatever. My EpiPen's in my back pocket. I'm, yep. good, to, I'm good to go. It's I'll like, preemptively slam this thing in my leg. It's the original Narcan right there, dude. Little kids just blasting off on peanut butter. But this is a pretty cool idea. Yeah, I mean, you still have, I mean, if your kid does have, like, serious food allergies, you still do have, you can't just trust on the teal pumpkin system, because, I mean, do you trust that person to, like, to like safely give your child food? Because I don't know if I no, do No, I mean, if point. the same person gave my kid a candy bar in, in, in the parking lot of a store, I'd smack him. But that's the truth anywhere you go. If you go to Applebee's, and I'm not trying to put Applebee's in the crosshairs here, but if you go to Chili's, you go to McDonald's, you go to any of these places, do you really trust... Let's go to all three. <laughs> do you really trust that restaurant employee to get it right, to, 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 to guarantee the safety of your child right there, it's got to be a terrible, terrible place to be if your kid could just at any time, like, go into, you know, anaphylactic shock. Yeah, like, I, my old roommate, Jessica, was allergic to peanut butter, right? And it was, and I love peanut butter. So at the time when we were living together, we didn't have a dishwasher. So you had to wash everything by hand. And so occasionally I would, like, make a peanut butter jelly sandwich or something, right. and I would just wipe the knife off. And put it in the sink, waiting to, you know for more dishes, and then I would like do them all. And so occasionally she would just pick up a knife out of the sink and then do something with it. And like sure enough, her lips would like explode, and we'd have to get her on Benadryl. The one time actually, we had to like rush her to the hospital. We thought she was gonna die. Like that can be a pretty serious allergy. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, anaphylactic shock's not a joke, man. <laughs> like you can definitely. Um, just as a quick note here, uh, on Whipple there is a coffee shop called Four Kids Coffee, and they specialize in food safe products for people who have severe food is that allergies. Right? Yeah. I've never heard of that. Four place. Kids Coffee right there on Whipple. Am I not allowed to go? No, you can I mean no, you can go. Go go shove a cup of coffee, go get yourself a little something there. Ah, uh, dude, don't say little something. It's little for kids. Something. Jeez. Like, oh, geez. <laughs> no, just call it for kids. Grown ups are allowed. That sounds 
<laughs> well, yeah, go get some coffee, grab a little thing, and then get out of there. No, Pantone, absolutely not. I will not be doing that. We have House of Horrors tickets. Let's pass those out right now. We'll take caller 17-1-800-243-7625 on those. Canton, Ohio, I wanted you to get something, and you're not getting it. We'll tell you what that is next on The Stansbury Show. Boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. 8.30. We have a pair of tickets for Forest of Screams in Medina. We'll get that uh, passed out to you at 8.30. 1-800-243-7625. The number you'll need on those. And then 9.30. pair of tickets for Black Label Society up at Akron at the Goodyear Theater. Corrosion of conformity part of that as well. That's going to be a good one. Is Zach going to be calling everybody that bought tickets? <laughs> no, no. no. Okay. All right, I believe All Zach, right. unlike Artie Lang, will show up and do the show. Okay. I don't All know right. that. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I guess I knows. guess he could make mistakes. Yeah, I kind of went off on Artie Lang, and I just don't buy his story that that he wasn't doing drugs. And maybe it's again because of the, all the history he has of doing drugs, and I'm just tired of falling for the lie. And maybe he is telling the truth. Maybe. Well. And welcome to the burden of the addict. I mean, I'm sure that's a frustrating place to be when you have cleaned up, when you have sobered up. It's like, and, no, I'm telling the truth. And it's like, well, dude. Yeah, but you're, you're the boy who cried wolf. Right. Your past behavior dictates what's happening right now. So, like, you can't. It, you the ha- only indicator you have for future behavior is past behavior. That's it. So you put a string of this together along, and then we can start to buy it. But I, I just, I, right now, I don't buy it. If you missed that break, you can podcast it at WRQK.com shortly after 10 a.m. Speaking of which, oh, you know what's happening on Monday, starting Monday, 6 a.m. on the program. What is that? Every hour, 6 a.m. till 10 p.m. Every weekday, we're passing out $1,000 every hour. Yeah, it's good stuff. Cash money. That starts Monday, 6 a.m. So we'll get you hooked up for Christmas. You'll be able to, uh-huh. you know what I mean, put $1,000 in your pocket, get some spending done. Or you can go Artie Lang style, dude. Who are we to tell you what to do with your money? You, you're growing Yeah, here's adult. the thing. We're going to give you 1000 bucks. You want to roll one of those 20s up? That's on you. <laughs> That's totally on you. So Canton got passed over here a little bit. All right? And I'm unhappy about it. It turns out the 2018 draft in April, NFL draft, going to head down to Dallas. Now, Canton has put in an official bid for 2019 or 2020, but they have expressed interest in having the draft in Canton, Ohio, ever since they started moving it around. You remember, dude, it was in Chicago, I believe, the one year. I believe it was just in, uh, was, it, was it Philadelphia this last year? Yeah, so, Chicago yeah. 2015 and in 2016. And then it was in Philadelphia last year at the uh, iconic art museum steps. It drew 250,000 people for the first draft held outdoors. And I remember watching that on TV last year, and it did. It looked impressive. Um, Now, they do the remote satellite locations as well. I know they do that. But, I mean, when we're talking about the actual day one of the draft, it's not like we're putting a bid in to be like, yo, hey, on day day. four, right, can we do this? No, it's day one that we're trying to get here. And 250,000 people. Now, listen. That's more people than live here. Now, listen. Of course, the NFL has a very real problem with its hand going on on the audience. It does. There's no question about it. But that draft was, what, six months ago? Maybe a little bit more than that? And you had 250,000 people yeah. there? 250,000 people? The NFL still drawing a crowd. Well, like, a- we pointed, like we pointed out yesterday, they lost a million and a half viewers week to week. From last week, last year, week six to this year, week six, but they still pulled in 15 million viewers. So, you ask any other executive producer of a TV show, dude, if you can get 15 million viewers, that's the best show he's ever worked on. Luckily, we have 20 million listeners right now, buddy. 20 of them. 20 million. Oh, yeah. Well, we're more popular than people who protest the national anthem. I would agree with that. Sure. <laughs> 
I would agree with that. Sure. I want to see this come here. And we may get the 2019-2020. We may get that bid. But we've expressed interest in this since they started moving it around. And I don't even ever hear it really discussed. But I can't blame the NFL. Now, listen, as a champion of Canton, Ohio, I'm a big supporter of the Hall of Fame. But, like, what were you going to do? You come in here with everything halfway done last year. What were you going to do? Come in here when nothing was done? Couldn't do it last year. Two, three years ago when when the Hall of Fame literally looked like a library built in the 1950s? Like, no, dude. You got to. Dude, you got to. All right. You got to update. You got to have that village. You got to have that hotel. You have to have all that stuff. So you think they're going to just wait until everything's built and then highlight it? There is no reason to come beforehand. If you, I guess if you just go on TV and you have Rich Eisen pointing at like like a blueprint, like, man, that hotel's going to be nice. Going to be nice. Uh, All right. I didn't think that through. Now, we, we talked about this, I think, last week where they're hoping to get a regular season NFL game here. And I said it last week, and this kind of makes me like. I guess reinforcing these beliefs. You're going to need the hotel for that, too. Well, yeah, but I think we're going to get a game, and I don't think we're going to get a draft. I don't. Really? The draft's 250,000 people. A game's like 20,000, right? Easy to fill. Dude, it, yeah, you put, in, you put a regular season NFL game in here that sells out just because it right. never happens. Right, it never happens, and there's going to be like an excitement about that. But when it comes to getting 250,000 people, you look at the optics of last year's draft where it was like, oh, my God, look See, at that. I worry they're going to get it here, and they're going to do it at Brown Stadium. Oh, That's gross, what dude. I worry about. And, but then, then we're talking because, about- uh, No, I agree. I agree, but I think that that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to do day one Cleveland Brown Stadium, and then they'll do satellites from the rounds two and three down here. If you're comparing the two of the Hall of Fame and the Cleveland Browns as organizations, one's esteemed and the other one's a mess. Right, and and I think we can all figure out what we're talking about here. One's on the upswing, one is a dumpster fire. I think the NFL would be a, in a real, I mean, and let's be real, the NFL's made plenty of mistakes recently, um, but that would be a, a genuine, like, what the F moment right there. Why would you give that to the Browns? Uh, Cleveland doesn't, because at least when you, when you go to Dallas, that's a huge city. Philadelphia, huge city. Chicago, huge city. Cleveland, for as big as we think it is, it's not that oh, big. Oh, Cleveland's a small, small city. It's a small, small bi- city. It's a small, big city. You yeah. know what I mean? So, like, that alone isn't enough to do it, and with the, with the distaste every Everyone has in their mouth for the Cleveland Browns right now, dude. No, if you're gonna if you're gonna bring it to Ohio and you don't bring it to Canton, that's that's ridiculous. I'll tell you what I want more. And I was told by somebody close to the project that this was the plan. Again, I have a very good, close personal friend who's working very closely with this project, and she swears to me that the plan. She's gonna get so mad, but she that the plan is that they want to hold the combine here. Now, I'd rather have the combine than the draft. Um, Dude, you're talking every, every NFL franchise is in town. Yeah. Isn't every NFL franchise in for the, for the draft? Got to be, right? At least representatives, right? Have to be. Okay, yeah. Yeah, all right. So there is that. But you're here. Isn't the combine? The combine's long, right? It's like a week long. Yeah, I don't know who's going to bring more bodies into the county. I would assume it's the draft, but I don't know that to be fact. You're right, because if the combine, if you're staying here for an extended yeah, but amount of time. they're building all that, like, workout facility and all that stuff up there. Like, what are you going to do with it? Like, I think if you hold the combine there, the whole thing, the, the, the narrative starts, you know, like, builds, hey, you know, it does with the draft, too. Start your career in Canton, end it in Canton. Yeah, that, that whole thing works there, too. I just think the combine, all those trucks, all the networks are here for a week. It's like, I don't know. I, I, I think the combine would be awesome. Maybe it's because I care about that. 
and I like trying to predict where guys are going to go. Maybe that's a personal thing. I, I don't necessarily feel the same. I like the combine the, a lot. I, I don't think it holds the same like esteem as the as the draft does. The draft feels like the official start of football season to me. It does, and that's I, because you're a Browns fan. And I, I think well, it's Super Bowl <laughs> season right you know. there. Then, but it, to me, that feels like well, that's like the kickoff point of when like. New pros come in and new guys have you know that's the new opportunity moment. I, 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 if, it's to, hopeful for franchises. That's true. To There's me, hope. To me, it feels like drafts the best way to go. Combine. I'm not going to scoff at. And the last, I mean, not the last thing I want, but the last place would just be a regular season game. That's twenty thousand people in and out and done before you know it. Most of those are going to be residents, I would think. Unless it's like you right. do like a Detroit Lions game, they may travel. Steelers maybe. Steelers they'll right. travel. Um, but, you know, you start bringing, you know, an Arizona Cardinals and San Diego Chargers game here. I mean, it's going to be resonant. If London can get one, if if Mexico City can get one, God damn it, give one to us, Well, please. they care about that, though. Please. Like, the NFL, like, the NFL doesn't, I mean, I hate to say this, they don't necessarily care about the Canton market. What if we got like, all they, three? Like, they want to expand football national or internationally into, like, London and stuff like that. The football's already spread into Canada. Hopefully, hopefully that will... Uh, oh, if you get all three, it's awesome. If But hopefully that's going to be the thing. Is like, it's not so much about getting the residents of Canton. It's getting people from outside to come to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I know they're two separate entities, but the NFL wants the Pro Football Hall of Fame to, to succeed, do well. To succeed, right. And that's why you see 800 American flags out in front of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, that was smart. It's because it's like, well, dude... We've got to we've got to use this this resource to the best of our abilities to 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 further our brand as much as humanly possible. And God, just give us a game, give us a draft, to give us something, please. You're right, though. You if you do this before that thing's built, yeah, and you, you just doing? show blueprints on TV, it looks second tier. It would look second tier. There's no doubt about that. We have four subscribe tickets, and people are up in arms about a Halloween display in Las Vegas. I'll tell you all about that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. And welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Buddy, I found my new, I found my favorite meme of the day. Okay. She has a quiet confidence that screams loud. She is humble but strong. She is stable but rebellious. She is giving but not naive. She chews her battles wisely. She stays silent until it's time to fight, and when that time comes, she will fight, and she will win. Dude, let me tell you, a chick that that's badass is spending her time being more badass, not copying and pasting. I say it all the time, dude. If you felt beautiful, you wouldn't tell everybody how how this how this unique tree is beautiful. I I understand. All you're doing is crying out for for attention and help. I, I understand, and I kind of even buy into like positive words of affirmation, like making sure that you feel good about yourself. You kind of say good things about yourself. But there's a lot of that is, that is to yourself. Like if you want to wake up every morning and say, you know, I'm good enough. I'm 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 a capable, independent woman. Then fine. But like, what are you putting, what are you putting that out in the world for? Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. We've all been guilty of it. Oh, yeah. I, dude, when I look back through my oh, Facebook oh, memories, yeah. I'm just oh, like, yeah. oh, my God. What your, the hell was I thinking? Your boy got punched in the face by Facebook memories Did today. you? Oh, yeah, dude. Pulled up something, and it was like, hey, do you remember this status from seven years ago when you were heartbroken and hated your life? And I'm like, no, I don't remember this. I want to forget it. Are you willing to read it to me? I don't know what it was. I didn't share it or anything. So I think it was just one of those things like, you know, I'm trying to move on with my life and be a better person. And if you want to be a part of that, I'm just like, God, dude, what were you doing? What were, what were you doing? She wasn't even that good. 
No, now you're looking at it like... Oh, my God. That's awful. It was awful. Yeah, dude, I see that stuff, and I'm just like, it's so obvious what it is. I guess whatever it takes for you to get through your day. I have yeah. this. If I didn't have this to maybe vent my frustrations, I would probably be doing more of that too. Fair. So maybe I shouldn't be knocking you for it. Although I'm probably going to continue to knock yeah. you for it. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll leave social media alone now. No more making fun of you guys. None whatsoever. <laughs> so Vegas suffered a pretty serious tragedy in in the um, the Mandalay Bay shooting, uh, the Vegas massacre. It's what it's been referred to. But, um, I think it was like, what, 500 and some people ended up rushed to the hospital. Mm-hmm. 58 people, I believe, lost their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, law enforcement's kind of gone back and forth now a couple of times on like the timeline of things, which I expected. I think, dude, in anything of that mass confusion, there's going to be like, oh, well, wait a minute. After looking at that again, we realized it was this. And I don't think it's necessarily conspiracy. I, I know there's a that, dude, that's not dying down. No, it is not. It's not dying down at all. And it may come out as that, all right? But I, I don't know that. But And so like, I don't really like to give life to things until we figure out what's really Going yeah, on. but I saw this YouTube video, and this guy had dramatic music playing in the background, and he said, "Well, maybe there is." A I know the same guy did nine eleven too. I know maybe this, there is the second maybe. guy. You know, um, talking to people who I know who have served, who said, that, "Dude, the second shooter theory is total bunk," and here's why: what they don't, what they're not giving room for is two guns set up on stand and a guy standing there pulling both triggers at the same time. Said they're not taking, they're not, they're not factoring that in. And the guy I know who serves says we do that all the time. It's something they practice. I don't know if that's true or not. It's just a guy who I know who happened to know in my life who served a couple of tours and told me he's like, dude, this is what I think is going on. I don't know. Actually, this whole story it has nothing to do with that. But out of Las Vegas, there's a Halloween display in somebody's front yard that has people upset. And what it is. Is there's this looks more like a Vegas backyard to me. They're calling it front yard, but again, my brother living there, this looks just like my brother's backyard. But there's like a brick wall, and he has a black banner that just says hashtag Vegas strong in white lettering. And then in front of that are 58 headstones with the American flag, like small, like American flags on the top of it. And people are taking issue with this and saying this is in poor taste. And I don't necessarily see it that way. Now, the headstones themselves do just say RIP, and there's a spider underneath them, so he's using, he, he is using Halloween decorations to make this point, but couldn't I argue that on the other side of this, that it's not distasteful, and that it is, like, you know what, we're still remembering this, because this is our community, and this rocked us, so we're st- this is still top of mind. I know America's moved back on to NFL players, but here in Vegas, we haven't. Um, yeah, I think that if you would have done that at a different time and maybe without Halloween decorations, I think the fact that there's a spider on it kind of like cheapens that. I, I would have a hard time arguing that it does, it does weaken it a little bit, but I don't believe that the intent here was to offend or to be disrespectful. I believe the intent was, and where do I get 58 real headstones without spiders on? Um, I mean, if you're going to make them, I guess. Well, right. And if you're going to be, you know, and I mean the online, but if you're going to be the type of person who decides that like, hey, this is important enough for me to do, well, then to do it correctly, I feel like is probably the way to do it. And like I said, maybe not around Halloween. You know what I mean? And you can say, well, he's not what he intended to do. True, in that I, I very well don't think that this was like a malicious thing, but at the same time, sometimes intentions aren't enough. You kind of have to look at what actually happened there. Well, I don't know. I, I think sometimes you can't do everything off of Facebook's reaction because, again, a lot of people here from Vegas are saying, What the hell's the matter with people? This isn't distasteful. 
he's just remembering this for us. And he's just like pointing it out that it's like, you know, how fast media moves on and things like that. And dude, a lot of people in the in the neighborhood like it. And, um, and feel that it that that it's a remembrance. Um, would it matter if it wasn't in Vegas? Would it if somebody did this in Canton? Would it just be like, oh well, this is and just know. did Vegas strong? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I got family member there. If I did this, would it be wrong? I mean, I feel a connect. I mean, I don't feel a connection to the Vegas massacre. Nobody I know got hurt. Nobody I know had anything happen. But like. I don't know. I mean, I do have family member there. When I woke up and read the story in the internet, it's the first thing I thought of was my brother and my niece because they're both country music fans, and I thought for sure my brother may have taken her. I was like, oh, my God, what happened? He was the first person I called. There's a bunch of people in the community that are saying, dude, when I drive past this, it touches my heart, and it makes me the, and that I like it, that, that there's, there's people that are like, dude, no, I'm not moving on from this. At the end of the day, the guy's allowed to do it. There's nothing that's, you know, there's nothing that's grotesque, even if it was. I mean, how many times have we talked about a Halloween story where it's like they thought it was a real body, and there it is. So, no, I mean, it's the guy's prerogative to do so. I guess, would I do this? No, I, I don't feel like that. I mean, I, I don't feel like doing it around Halloween. And with Halloween decorations, that would be like, all right, dude, I got to reevaluate. Well, this. somebody wants to meet him halfway, and I think that they're. I, I think that you would sign off on this, Fantone. They say what he should have done is just put fifty-eight flags up as a memorial with the sign that says Vegas Strong, and that would have been all right. Yeah, it's the headstones that really are, yeah. are that, that have some people looking at it a little bit differently. I kind of liked it. I, you know what I mean? I get that the spiders on the headstones, it's a little weird using Halloween decorations themselves. It's uh, probably not the greatest, but I did like this. As people who try to push the envelope with their yard decorations, I don't believe that this was this. And um, I, I think that there are people out there who would try to make the sick joke of their Halloween decorations of having 58 people massacred and would make a joke. I don't think that that's what this was. I, I, I agree that I don't necessarily think that it was either. If somebody were to do that, is that okay? Not by my standard, but are you allowed? Sure. But by my standard, it's not okay. We have a f- pair of tickets for the Forest of Screams and Pat Garrett, country music artist Pat Garrett's I Will Stand. That song next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Hey, guys, you got Stansberry here. When you're talking firearms, what you need most is knowledge, safety, and training, and you can get all of that at North Canton's Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We have a pair of tickets for the Forest of Screams in Medina. Shortly, we'll pass those out. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need on those. Normally on Tuesdays, 9 o'clock, we do this feature called New Tour Tuesday, where we play you some new music and we vote on it and let you know if the songs are any good. Okay. And this, I did not see this until yesterday, so I was like, all right, well, I'm not waiting a week. So I was like, all right, well, maybe we'll just do this on Thursday. And this is from a country artist named Pat Garrett. Pat Garrett, one time now. Come on. Did he shoot Billy the Kid? Um, I'm just I'm just waiting for that. He uh, uh, he sounds like he could be a NASCAR driver, Pat Garrett. He does. Pat Garrett, number 17 car out there. Come on, one time now, Sainsbury. He in that Miller Lite number two car. Come on. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he does kind of sound like a, he could be a, a NASCAR guy for sure, right? Right. And so Pat Garrett, country music uh, star, is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, for the sake of this argument. <laughs> okay, so now he's a star. He's a star. Right. God damn it. But he's a little tired of these NFL protests. Doesn't like it. Right. Doesn't, doesn't, think it's, doesn't think it's great. And so he wrote a song called, I'm Gonna Stand. And we have that for you. Hi there. Pat Garrett here. 
friend of mine said to me the other day, why don't you write a song about all this NFL stuff? Uh, that didn't happen. Here you, go. <laughs> you don't think nah, somebody gave him the idea? Nah, I, th- I think he wanted to write a song, and he was like, you know what, let, let me say somebody begged me to do this. Nah, he was just sitting around going, I'm going to write this song. Here it goes. It's called I'm Going to Stand. Here it stand. goes. I'm Going to Stand is the name of it. Well, I'm going to stand with my hand on my heart because the glory represents the nation I love. And I'm going to honor all those people who died as our symbol of freedom waves gloriously above. We're so lucky to live in the land of the free. So won't you stand up alongside of me? Yeah, he is. Pat Garrett's going to stand. Our star-spangled banner gives me chills inside. It fills my heart with our nation's pride. The stripes and the stars on the background of blue. When I see our flag, I know what to do. We're so lucky Jeez. to live in the land of the free. Hey, won't you stand up alongside of me? All right. It's even funnier when you watch it. Videos online for you, WRQK.com. And I think he's doing it in a thrift shop. <laughs> no, I do. Everything's got like price tags on it. That looks like a bath mat. That's like a jacket. What? <laughs> what? Just yelling out co-writers in it? Well, dude, let's not act like Def Leppard wasn't yelling out band members. Instruments Bass! Drums! Right, right. So, like, I don't know. If yeah, dude, you give a white person an instrument and <laughs> do things just go off the rails. It does. It totally does. I, um, you know, Pet Garrett doing his thing out there, and I'm just surprised that some jabroni named Pat Garrett was the guy who came up with this. How was one of these country artists? One of Where these... is Toby Keith? Oh, yeah, God, I was going to say like one of those Cole Swindells or those like No, Brad Toby's Paisley's, the guy. Yeah, dude, Toby? Toby did Made in America. Right. He did all those. Like, dude, where is Toby Keith? Where is your boy Toby Keith? That's a good question. I feel like with all the things that have been going on with patriotism recently, where is the the, the, the big guy? That's a good question. After after the Hall of Fame game, because he's a football guy, I mean, he's a big Oklahoma fan. I know he's a da- I think he's a Dallas Cowboys fan. After after the uh, concert for Legends that he did with Kid Rock, Kid Rock kind of put himself back into like the mainstream of like, no, dude, I'm 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 getting on board with this. I'm putting myself, you know, I'm gonna sell a bunch of records by doing this. And Toby Keith just kind of like faded off into the background, letting Kid Rock essentially take what is his money. Right? Because if anybody was going to ring that bell of patriotism, if anybody's going to get out there... Oh, it's Toby. I'm going to stand. I mean, how is that not... Dude, great point. Toby Keith 100%. And to be honest, there's a guy not going to lose any bit of your audience. No! Your audience wants you doing this. I would say probably strengthens their resolve with you. You download... or You you put out Red White... or or I'm going to stand, and all of a sudden downloads for Who's Your Daddy go through the roof, right? 
Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, dude. And all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, it's Toby Keith everywhere. I can't believe Toby Keith wasn't the guy to do this. Hey, dude, probably tomorrow, we're going to be like, oh, hey, new music from Toby Keith coming down the pipe. I'm going to stand. Watch him just come, watch him covered. If you haven't seen that video yet, it's online for you at WRQK.com. I also posted it at my Twitter, which is at Sansbury Show, and it's online for you at Facebook as well. If you want to check out Pat Garrett, you can do that. I guess he wrote a song after 9 11, too. Like, he's okay. done this a couple of times. Now, again, I, I mentioned this earlier. And so I'm going to mention it again here. And I said early on in all this anthem protest that this stuff's going to land anti-military for a lot of the country, and that's where you're going to lose support. But the players' union, players themselves, how many times does a player have to come out and say, this is not about the military, this is about police brutality, and then you keep driving home the, these people fought and died for your right to do this. It's like, guys, they have said it. That this is not about that. So either A, you're refusing to hear their argument, or you just don't want to give in. One of the two. But like, I now again, I'm a person who will stand. I went to a game this year. I went to the, I think it was the Bengals game. I stood up, hand over my heart, paid attention, did the whole thing because that's the way I was raised. Okay? I believe in a player's right to do it. I don't think it's their platform, but Roger Goodell has said, go ahead, whatever. That's fine. But like, when they keep coming out and saying it, that it's not about this. This is our issue. This is where we're mad. And you refuse to acknowledge that? I don't know how you can refuse to acknowledge to hear their side of the argument and then still maintain that there's no reason they should be kneeling. You can't have it both ways that way. That's crazy. Pat Garrett's video for I'm Gonna Stand Online for you, WRQK.com. We have a pair of tickets for Forest of Screams. Let's take caller 20 on those right now. one 800 243 7625, you're off to Medina for the Forest of Screams, courtesy of the Sandsbury Show and Rock 1069 Fantone. Yeah. We get a look inside the life of a male porn star next on Rock 1069. The Stansbury Show, Canton's Rock Station, Rock 1069. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 1069. We're online at WRQK.com and I'm about to go off. <laughs> like, seriously, I'm about to go off. I knew playing that Pat Garrett song was going to stir up some of this NFL overpaid ball catchers and all this stuff, right? Let's let's clear a few things up, okay? I would think, personally, that a multi-millionaire African-American person has a very unique view at racism in this country because their point is, A, no matter how much money you make, no matter how famous you get, you still deal with this. You still deal with it. And also, how about they're raising the voice of the people who aren't overpaid ball catchers? But you're so mad at an attempt to have the conversation, you can't hear that. You can't hear, hey, we just want to talk about this over, you better stand! You can't hear it over that. And you can give me all the numbers you want. African Americans make up 18% of the population and 80% of the incarcerated. Well, thank you. You just walked right into the trap because that's half the argument is maybe some of these people are in jail that shouldn't be. Well, maybe just, they're in there unjustly. You just walked right into the trap trying to use math. Just so you know, 73% of statistics are made up. Or is it 87% of statistics are made now, up? Now, I have said I that know. I believe this problem is overly stated by social media, and I think that it is. But you can't deny the fact that it is a real issue in America. If you can look around this country and not feel like race is a, par- is a problem in this country, honestly, I'm not even... Dude, I won't even call you names. I'm just envious of you. Teach me how to be that naive. Show me so I can stop being so anxiety-filled over it. There are 
I would say a significant portion of Americans who don't think that race relations are a real problem. That's in the insanity. Country. That's, That's insanity. That, that is denial on a level that I wish I was capable of. Because that's crazy. Remember, we just do we have my we had our buddy in Ricky uh-huh. who started Rake, hashtag Rake. And okay. everybody loves that guy. Stop what 21 times by cops in three months? 21 times. Ricky is a wildly intelligent person, doesn't sling drugs. Because that's the other thing. If you weren't selling drugs, you wouldn't interact, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have to interact with the cops. Not true. What about what about women who were raped by cops? Should they have just shut up and did what the officer told them to do too? You got. You cannot pretend that evil cops aren't out there. Now, I always get the back of cops because I feel like what's happening now in this country, good, honest-to-God crime fighters are being called racist murderers, and that's wrong, too. But you cannot pretend that this isn't an issue. Look, dude, L.A.'s police department was found guilty. St. Louis's police department was found guilty. Cleveland's was. Um, Cleveland's. The uh, Department uh, of Justice has found people guilty of this. And now people are going to be like, well, the Department of Justice is corrupt, blah, blah, blah. But you, well, the I thing mean, I'm sure sh- it is on some th- level. You just made a point, and I think you are kind of are wrong there in the sense of you don't always get the back of cops. You don't because you look at things with like Objectively. A, right. And I like, try. Is this cop wrong in this situation as opposed to like, oh, this cop's always wrong. He's just a cop. Or, right. or this cop's always right. We Can't s- do that. We've said it a million times on the show about this subject, is that if you're on one side or the other constantly, you're wrong. You're wrong. There's gray area when it In comes the to middle. issues like this. There is. And I, I, the thing I'm going to say about this, I don't know who you're arguing with. I don't know if it's Twitter or Facebook or however you both. do this argument. Get it's a, both. Get it going. Dude, I've been, dude, I've been slamming this keyboard during the entire commercial break. <laughs> Stanford's been pissed, um, but it, 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 it really is, and I bet you a dollar, if, if I asked this guy... Yo, do you see yourself as a racist? He the answer is no. He does not see himself Nobody as a racist. Nobody sees themselves as a racist. And David Duke doesn't think he's racist. That's that's kind of a part of the problem. And the other part of that problem is soon as somebody calls out racist behavior or somebody calls out racism that's within like, you know, a joking situation or something, all of a sudden it's not just, hey, I have a problem with that behavior or I have a problem with that what you just said. People interpret that as, hey, as you have a problem with me. You're saying I'm a terrible person as opposed to that was a terrible thing you just said. So there is a little bit of like both sides are a little too quick. Hold on, for I, the gun. I want to make sure I have your point right. So your point is, is that you can say something and that's not the sum total of who you are. Yeah. And just because I take an issue with a statement you made doesn't necessarily mean I'm a, I'm, I'm taking an issue with you overall. Right. Now, okay. All I, right. That's I, fair. I, I like I, it. And I think that there's probably a line somewhere. It might be like a, lo- a different line for different people of like, well, how many times can you say something racist before you're a racist? Now you can throw sexism in there. You can throw anything in there of like, well, how many times are you going to make that joke? How many times are you going to, to go to that argument? How many times are you going to do that? before it's like well i don't care if you're acting like one or you are one you you've become one in front of me another one of these arguments you hear all the time is other immigrants who have come here from from other places well those are very very different irish americans are very very different italian americans are very very different in the sense that they put themselves on a boat and came over here for a better opportunity let me tell you what happened with slavery in america because i think people get this wrong all the time Dude, those people were hunted by their own family members, put on boats, and sold to slave traders. She got shipped all the way over here, beat, had their wives and daughters raped, worked in the field for nothing. Then we didn't educate them, and now 400 years later, we call them stupid. (laughs) I mean, guys, I mean, that's the history. That's what happened.
Well, a lot of people say that the Civil War wasn't even about slavery. So, like, well, you can. Well, I, mean, I don't believe it was solely about slavery, but it was definitely a big turning point. But that's of it. the thing is, you can you can you can say facts, you can say things that are you know would seem to be self evident there. But if people choose not to believe it, I just don't know if it matters. This guy, for as angry as you are, for as much as you're slamming on that keyboard, this dude's going to be who he's going to be. You I know, know you're I, never going to switch anybody's opinion on Facebook, but dude, here's what I know. If this were not a real issue, it would not have been a topic of conversation in every decade in this country. But it has been a topic of conversation in every decade we've had. You think every generation of people's making this problem up? That's what you think happened? Worth noting with that thought is that it's not to say that just because it's a reoccurring problem and has been for as long as America's been a thing. That it's not getting better. That it's not getting better, that there hasn't been progress made. But it doesn't necessarily mean that like, okay, well, we've come far enough with this. And Where I'm did body cams come it. from? Where did body cams come? As a guy who was against body cams and been turned around on them by a good police officer, where did those come from? Because cops got everything right? That that's why we got body cams? Is because cops were getting everything right? No, we realized, oh, maybe we should put cameras on these dudes because of the power that they wield and let's make sure that they're using it responsibly. Right? Look at your boss with his power. Does he abuse it? Does your wife abuse the power you've given her in your household? You're goddamn right she does. Because what does power do? It corrupts. Not everybody. And I agree that I think most cops are probably okay. All right? I don't know that. I'm just, I'm assuming that. And maybe that's a little naive. Maybe I am a little naive on that part. I think I think I can agree with that and that most evidence presents itself as such that most cops are good people doing the right thing. But the overpaid ball catcher argument makes me so furious because what they're doing is screaming about the people who are still stuck in those neighborhoods who will never be overpaid anything because maybe they don't even get the right job opportunity. Right? There's a race problem in America. And I'm let, let me tell you white America why you better wise up and start to realize it. Because dude, you really want to go to war with black America? Is that what you want? Is that what you is is that what you want? Let me tell you, dude. Let me tell you, North Canton. Let me tell you, Green. Y'all ain't ready. Uh, Cherry Avenue gonna walk up the street and kick your ass. That's what's gonna happen. Now, yes, you have a point there, but I think there's plenty of people who are down in I don't know Louisville that are like, hell yeah, we want it. You know what I'm saying? Like, fair. And, and, and it's like, dude, I've got my gun, so go ahead. And let let me just tell you, White America, be very careful what you wish for there. Be very careful. What you're wishing for there. If you can look around this country and not realize that there's a race issue, honestly, like I said, I'm envious of you. I am envious of that. I wish I could be that naive. But the, and again, I believe these problems are overly stated on Twitter and Facebook. But even as a guy who gets mad at that, maybe they need to be overstated. Because again, it's been a topic of conversation in every decade this country has had, and we haven't fixed it. I mean, and I guess one of the things we've talked about is like, well, how do you move protests into progress? How do you move awareness into action? And maybe that is a part of the problem is, as I sit here saying, well, dude, there's a big you know, chunk of Americans who don't feel there is a problem. Maybe maybe we still are at the at the awareness part of all this. Well, and I said, maybe if, that, if that's what the, the, the protest is for, then then maybe it is doing enough. I don't think it's really fixing anything right now. And, you know, I, I'm hearing this from Facebook now, too. There are two types of people in life. People who contribute to a problem are problem solvers. Well, some of those people kneeling for the national anthem are trying to solve a problem, and you're mad at the attempt of a conversation. So how do you solve a problem if you're not willing to let anybody discuss it? Every argument you have, I can push it right back down your throat and show you why you're wrong on this. As a guy who tries to get the back of police departments everywhere when he can, if you don't think this stuff is going on, what do you think? Again, 
You're listening to Rock 106.9, and you guys would beg me, beg me to play Rage Against the Machine. What do you think those songs were about? What do you? Some of those who burn, burn crosses are those who run forces. I'll excuse you as you lean over in your car to turn up the volume on Rage Against the Machine while denying that this is an issue. I mean, Jesus Christ. I, I, just, I can't even believe that. We'll take a look inside the life of a male porn star. We'll do it next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 6.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We'll end the program today by hooking you up with Black Label Society tickets as they roll into town in February. Play the Goodyear Theater in Akron, bringing corrosion of conformity with them as well. Around uh, 9.45 this morning, we'll get you hooked up. Sherry writes in and says, Cherry Avenue is going to march up and kick your ass. Stands where I've never laughed so hard in my entire life. You totally nailed it. Some people are just ignorant, cannot be educated, careful what you wish for. I totally agree. Signed, middle-aged, educated, white North Canton female professional. I like those. A.K.A. Libtard. <laughs> yes. Yes, from the card-carrying president of that group. Yeah, yeah your boys won too, but I, that's what they're going to they're call you. That is what they're going to call you. It's so funny with me because I'm very much in the middle on a lot of things. And like I, I try to stay in the middle until I figure out where I really want to be. I try not to go into anything with much bias. And uh, that, that half the audience thinks I'm like like a like a gun-toting right-winger. Right and then the other half of the audience thinks like I'm a libtard. It's amazing. I get attacked from both sides pretty much daily on the program. And it's because, again, I don't really want to fit in any one of those two boxes. I kind of like... Hanging out in the middle trying to figure out who's right and who's wrong on any one particular issue. I don't like other people speaking for me. I like speaking for myself. Though. But we're going to move forward. Okay. Because it's almost the end of the program. And yeah, I, I just, I, I can't, I can't do it anymore. So we're going to examine the life of a male porn star. Because you hear dudes talk about this a lot. Oh my God, I'd give anything for that job. Right? I'd give anything. I mean, dude, all you do is sit there and have Phoenix Marie go down on you all day? How bad is that? Can't be that bad. (laughs) Right now, I would admit that it can't be that bad. But as a guy who has a job he loves and a job he's lucky to have, and I view myself that way. I'm very lucky to have this job. I'm talented for sure, but like, you uh, you need some breaks to go your way as well. And so I'm lucky to have this, right? But no matter what it is you do, sooner or later, it just becomes your gig. Like, yeah. I woke up this morning, and I wanted to come to my job more than you probably wanted to go to yours, but I, it's not like I woke up and was like, let me at it. Can't wait to go. All right? I mean, maybe early on in my career, but you get towards the end of it, and you're like, eh, it's just what you do, right? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, as you get more familiar with it, you're going to get a little bit, like, I don't know, more used to it, more bored with it. It's going to, it's going to lose some of its luster there, so there's no surprise. Kieran Lee is one of the most popular and work-demanded male porn stars in the business. He's got a nine and a half inch penis, Kieran does, and it's insured for a million dollars. Good for him, dude. I mean, you make your money with your penis. You might as well make sure that if something were to happen, whether it was, you know, erectile dysfunction or if it was, you know, Dong got chopped off in a freak accident or something like that. I want him to get paid off of that. He is uh, he's married. Kieran Lee is to a retired porn star, Kirsten Price, who's really sexy. But he says at home he's complete crap in bed says i'm awful at it nine and a half inch penis terrible in bed at home he says after a long day at work my penis which is a massive he says nine and a half inches and again insured for a whopping one million dollars 
He says it doesn't always cooperate since it's always busy pleasing other women all day. He has trouble performing at home with his wife when it actually matters. He goes, at home, here. this is a quote from Kieran Lee, at home with my wife, I have to apologize. I am pathetic in bed. I'm a two-minute wonder. Now, he says he reportedly earns $4,000 a day when he's filming. Now, they say that's a million and a half dollars a year if he works every day. They don't work every day. You work about four days in a row, and then you don't work again for two months. Like, that's, that's that business. Um, maybe some of the male porn stars, because there's less of them, probably work a little bit more than some of the females do. Um, but, w- again, this is one of those industries where I believe women are paid more money than men. Yeah. I believe. There's not many, but I believe this is one of them. See, he says he got into porn because a friend took a picture of him while he was on vacation, and they posted it online. The next thing he knew, he was getting emails from people saying, I want you to come and have sex with my wife. Jeez. So I don't know if a buddy of his took a photo of him naked on vacation and posted right. it online, which, again, I don't think I would not advise you doing that. Well, maybe if you got like a, uh, well, I mean, you've got a nine and a half or down there, you probably see it through the swim trunks or something like that, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe you could see the outline of it. Right. Says uh, a couple from a neighborhood asked me if I would be interested in making a film. He says I was about nineteen at the time, full of hormones. So I thought, yeah, I'm going to have sex with a beautiful woman and get paid. Dream, right? That's a total dream. Yeah. He says I was working on the railways at the time and I didn't really like my job, so I thought, why not? He says he's not impressive in bed with his wife, though. He says his record for keeping it up before, um, well, climax on camera is fifty-eight minutes. That's really impressive. To have sex for 58 straight minutes and not ejaculate, that is impressive. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. That's impressive. He says, I usually go from start to finish without a break. Most male porn stars do not. Most male porn stars, it's like they kind of have sex for like 30 seconds. Stop. Change position. I mean, dude, like I've been on the set of a porn film. It's like, dude, the editing that goes into those movies makes you think those dudes are gods. They're not. They're no more that much more impressive than you other than size of penis. Well, and you've got to think that, you know, as you are changing positions and it's like, hey, we didn't get the best angle on this. There's going to be points where you have to reshoot where you have to, you know, you got to take still photos for box covers and like that kind of thing. Stop. Let her hold it. And he says he was working with four women. And was able to last 58 minutes. See, that's why I don't necessarily, I, I, I don't buy his story of like, yeah, I suck in bed at, in bed at home. Is like, you, now listen, is it probably there's going to be days where it's like, dude, I just got done having sex six times today and I don't want to have sex anymore. That's f- sure. But like when it comes to, you know, you said, well, you've got two months off. When it comes to those two months off, I'm sure he's rocking his wife out. Uh, see, I disagree. I think there's something about knowing you're performing. Having a director there, grips there, that's the person who holds things. It's not just somebody who holds him. But, like, you know what I mean? Directors, producers, you know what I mean? You look over, and, yeah, you're banging, you know, Rachel Starr out on the couch, but the craft services people are setting up lunch. I think there's probably something that goes into your mind where it takes you out of the sexuality of having sex with her in that moment that you start, you know— I don't know. I, I think maybe you can withstand. He says here, and I, I, I bet guys are going to find this interesting, that all male porn stars on set of films, they talk about it. Like, they'll do long division in their head while they're having sex with women so they can, so they can hold off climax. And I was disappointed by that. Like, I, like, <laughs> well, no, I was. Yeah, like, I, I, or, I don't know, maybe I was comforted by it. I can't quite figure it out. I'm confused, really, to be honest with you. Because I, like, I just thought, like, 
the, those dudes were Greek gods and they didn't have that problem. Well, I mean, no, and the thing I'm going to have to assume here is that most of those dudes aren't the smartest guys in the world. So, like, long division, I mean, like, I guess if you're doing it in your head, but, like, I, I don't know. Um, and it, well, but think of the million different things I always tell you. Like, think of this, think of this, and you're not going to think of baseball. Think of blah, blah, blah. Your grandma. Yeah, jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I was, I was thinking of other things, but, um, but that's not an uncommon thing. You know, people say that. On a different note here, Kieran Lee uh, believes that people who go on Tinder dates and have sloppy, disappointing Tinder sex are more at risk for HIV and STDs than porn stars are since they get tested every two weeks, the porn stars do. Yeah. He says everyone else gets tested maybe once a year. I feel like that's being generous to the general public. Or once every two years, in other words, not very often enough, he says. He says that our tests are very, very advanced. If I was single, I would not have sex with somebody from a bar. That would be more of a risk than having sex with somebody on film. No, duh. I mean, like, not to like, but like, of course, when, when yeah. you're in professionally filmed pornography, when you're not talking amateur stuff, they are being tested on a regular basis. And dude, I'm sorry. And like, you go out in downtown Canton on first Friday, you don't know where that chick has been. You have zero clue. I totally buy that. Well, Canton's small. I bet I could trace it. <laughs> I bet I can trace it. You know, I, uh, yeah, I guess that's, you know, but the thing about HIV though, Fantone is, is that, you know, that thing can lay dormant in you and not show up and test for five years, sure. right? Yeah, but and so these people have sex in their off time. Well, yeah, but I mean, so does that woman that you met at Buzzbin? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it's it's definitely in my mind. Safer. Not when she came back to my house, she didn't. She walked safer. all the way there not to sleep with me, I, which I can't believe. By the way, you know what, dude? If I meet you at first Friday and I walk you all the way back to my apartment, have sex with me. We're not in tenth grade. Like, I didn't walk you back there to show you photo albums. What do you think you were coming back there for? We have these black label society tickets. You get hooked up next on. Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you guys, Stansberry here from North Kenton Collision. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. I'm being told that since we put body cams on cops, that we need to put body cams on everybody in Hollywood because of what happened with Harvey Weinstein. Well, I mean, dude, cops are held to a different standard. Although everybody should be held to the standard of not like sexually harassing people. Well, I, I would agree. Yeah, with that. yeah. I mean, nobody, nobody should be sexually harassing people. Nobody. But like, no, that's those are completely two different things. There, those are. Dude, you gotta get, you gotta get off social media, stands. No, they need to get off of social media. <laughs> is what needs to happen. I mean, dude, I'm being sent links by liberalbackwardthinks.com. Like, dude, if you think I'm trusting liberalbackwardthinks.com, just like I wouldn't trust redstate.org, or like, dude, anytime somebody has like died in the wool from this side only, I'm not listening to a damn thing they're saying because you've shown me you cannot be reasonable and that you all you do is run to the internet to look for confirmation bias. That's all you're looking to do is that, well, this agrees with me, so it proves I'm right when it, of course, does not. I mean, dude, we can have discussions, but we can't just lie. Well, I mean, we can't just uh, do. We're just not. Um, well, no, 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 no. That may happen out there. It's not going to happen here. Okay. It's not going to happen here. I hold myself to a different standard. If if you're not going you to. You guys have flipped me on the national anthem. Pro- I want them all to kneel on the 50-yard line now. I want them all to kneel. And you know, I'm going to go down there and push Browns players down on their knees and be like, you better kneel for this. You guys have flipped me on this now with your insane logic that there's no, that, that black people face no oppression in this country. All lives matter. Right. You didn't hear the protesters talking about how this was also a Latino issue, how this was also an Asian issue, how this was also an every minority issue. You didn't hear that because you were too busy yelling stand. And that's why you didn't hear it.
Dear God, Black Label Society. I'm getting out of here. No, I am. I'm getting out of here because I'm going to end up saying something that's going to get me fired over defensive things. I'm just, I, right. dude, I can't effing believe this. Just give out the phone number. It spells rock. <laughs> you figure it out. 1-800-243. Spell out rock on your phone. We'll take caller 15 right now for Black Label Society tickets February. They're at the Goodyear Theater. I'll tell you what the numbers are. It's 7625. 1-800-243. Is it? 1-800-243-1-800-243-7625. We'll send you to see Black Label Society. Aside from that, done for the day. Be back at this live tomorrow morning, maybe, at 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great day. See ya. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9.